I Could Murder a Podcast is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. For hundreds of extra minisodes and other content, along with our private Discord server and live Q&As, exclusive merch and much more, consider subscribing to icmap.co.uk. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Selling a little or a lot. <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Warning. The following episode contains subject matter and scenes that some viewers may find upsetting, disturbing, or unnerving. Please note viewer discretion is advised at all times. Sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to I Can Murder a Podcast. I'm Tom and I'm joined once again by my pal Ben. So good to see you, mate. How are you doing this evening? Uh, thank you, Ben. I'm, good. I'm doing all right. How, how are you doing? <laughs> Not so bad. How, how, uh, how was your long drive up? My long drive? It's two hours and a half. Um, that's long. In the UK, that's... that's yeah, it's, it was good. Um, I'm getting used to it. Mm-hmm. I listen to my podcast on my web, my tunes, and get, get into it. Um, mm. There's one really eerie sign when I drive into your town, though. It says... Um, What's a village? Okay, your village. It says... Um, Cat's eyes removed on the way oh, in. Oh, yeah. Obviously referring to the road, but it's yeah, very it an eerie thing. It puts an image in your mind when you're driving through and go, oh, be be careful when you're around these parts. That's interesting because the, the village that I'm originally from, um, there's two signs on quite a sharp road. And um, it's a road where uh, an older people's care home is, but there's also some overhanging buildings. So it says, elderly persons, overhanging building. Oh! Signs are next to yeah, It's quite... If you walk past that at night... Watch out. Well, they, they don't walk past it. Yeah. That's the biggest tip we can give. Well, be mindful, be respectful. Oh, other than that, I'm all good. I mean, we're coming towards, hopefully, now the end of lockdown. Nationally, globally. Yeah. Globally not, sorry, but nationally. 
It's looking all right. The, the pubs are open. Yeah, slowly but surely, things are coming back to normality. Uh, for, well, for me, nothing really changed. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought of you as kind of, you social distance, you didn't choose to, but people kind of kept a wide berth. It was their choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 you're bang wrong there. Bang wrong. You're, you're bang, bang wrong. wrong. I don't know. Seriously. I mean, do you think it's got anything to do with the, the name of your house? I I wasn't certain we were going to bring this up today, but now that it's out there... So, um, so it, Butts Cottage is the name of the... of the, It's not even a cottage, well, so that's one thing straight away. Um, you're spoiling the illusion. This is classic cottage brick. That's stuck onto a wall. Sounded a little bit hard there. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, Butts Cottage. So the thing is, if I were you, moved in, you're, you, you're in the place, so that's a big one on you. But um, move in, so unpack the bag. Second thing, on the phone to the council going, hello, can I change the name to Butts Cottage, please? Why do you want to change the name for Butts Cottage? Because it's called Butts Cottage. I don't want to live in here. Thank you. And uh, I've kind of rolled with the quirk. Is um, it a quirk? Well, it's, 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 it's a talking point. The armpit attic. You could change it to that I've if you want. I've got a nice attic space, actually, up there, mm. and it is very much armpit-shaped. Does it stink less up there than it does down here? Oh. <laughs> Just joking. So, anyway, episode three. <laughs> yeah, episode three. Um, we chose this... Well, we were both keen to cover this case in, in the first few episodes, um, because it literally is close to home for me and Ben. Yeah, um, I think this is one where we looked at, we, we maybe narrowed it down to half a dozen cases that we were keen to kind of, you know, so stick around, there's a few more coming, but... Uh, um, you love a little teaser, don't you? I do, yeah. Well, I'm not even super enthusiastic when I say it, I think I've got to get better at that, but stick around, guys, because the next two cases, plus one more, because they're uh, free. Right, right in a little bit, because that's a bit intense, if anything. Okay, well, so okay. go on. Why I'm we learning. We're on this pick- journey together. Why do we pick it? We picked it because... Um, it's well, literally, as you say, close to home. So we're both from uh, the the lovely, uh, lovely city of Cambridge. Um, yeah, we're from Cambridge Shire. You're the Cambridge Shire, yes. Um, and uh, and we were within well, twenty miles, thirty miles of, of where everything happened. Um, it, it happened when we were kids. Yes, um, you know, going into our formative years. Yeah, we were twelve years old when it happened. Um, yeah, I was on Flor- in Florida on holiday, and I remember asking my mum. It's the first case that I really remember being captivated by or just intrigued by I was yeah. very asking questions what was going on um, so that's why it really stuck out for me oh, well that's it and it was unavoidable as, as well the the amount of press that it got at the time the yeah, coverage definitely. was insane I think that was my real apart from maybe uh, Princess Diana yeah. uh, my real introduction to 24-7 news channels like Sky News really were, were exclusively covering that and uh, yeah 20 miles away a couple of villages along from us because um, uh, we both even played uh, a football team so FC mm. as, as the kids we played them so yeah that was yeah so we actually had a game against so not long after uh, unfortunately the bodies were found and uh, yeah there was a minute silence before the match it was a, a it was a powerful moment and it was it was not a nice place to be obviously and before we get into it don't forget to give us a like hit subscribe and maybe hit the old notification bell ding Dong. Just ding. Should we get into it? Let's go. Okay. Sunday the 4th of August 2002, uh, Holly went to Jessica's house for a family barbecue. They're both wearing the matching Man United shirts at 5.04pm. They actually have a photo in them. It's the photo that everyone, you know, was seen during the case. Um... They decided they wanted to leave the party and go get some sweets from their local sports centre. So the girls make their way to the sports centre. They choose not to, to make their parents aware they're leaving the party at the time. Um, it's, a, it's a short walk to the sports centre. There's no need to, to worry. Uh, the girls do have Jessica's phone on them. I imagine it's some sort of Nokia um, from the time. Yeah, around that time. Motorola. 3330. 
Yeah, the brick, the old brick. Two hours later, um, this is the point where um, Holly and Jessica's parents notice that the girls are no longer at the party and choose to raise the alarm. The thing about that, I think, as well, those are the days, this is kind of the case that made people, their parents, ultra aware about where the kids were. Mm. This was still the time when it wasn't, so, you know, oh, well, they've probably gone out and done that. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. because they hadn't, because they hadn't come back, that's when it's like, okay. And then she wasn't answering her phone because Jessica apparently was very good at telling the mum where she was going. And yeah, super punctual, super organized girls. Um, but yeah, like you say, I think this is going back to kind of the old uh, stranger danger days. Yeah. Um, I mean, even when we were at school, it wasn't so much a. Uh, um, you know, a common thing for, for, for you to be afraid of strangers, whereas nowadays it's, you know, don't go near anyone. I mean, you especially don't. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. People don't go near you, though, so I don't know if that's... Well, that's not linked. That's not linked. <laughs> we'll see. <clears throat> actually, no, you couldn't be a caretaker because this house stinks. <laughs> so the girls don't return and they're still missing the next morning. Um, there was over 500 volunteers helping look around Soham. And Soham's a very small place. I think yeah. it's about 8,000 people that live there. Yeah, so the whole community came together to come and try and try and find the girls. Yeah, and this is not a dig to Soham. It's very much a place where everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a small village, beautiful little place. Very small area, quite rural, though, at the same time. It's in the fens. That's one of the things I find a bit... Not well, all the whole the whole case is terrifying, but the fact that it was in a place like so, and this happened, mm-hmm. quiet, what, yeah, peaceful. It wasn't like London. It wasn't a big scary city. It was a quaint, quiet uh, Cambridgeshire village. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of. It's just like that makes it even. I don't know why. It's slightly more eerie. Yeah. Yeah, really bizarre. On that day also, um, the girls' parents did a press conference um, pleading for anyone who had any information or talking directly to the girls saying, you know, come home. The following day, uh, Manchester United star David Beckham launches a public appeal for the girls to return home. He uh, he elaborates that the girls are not in any trouble, they just need to come home. Yeah, he was, um, he was on the back of their shirts as well. He was their favourite player, so um, I think the thought behind that was, you know, well, obviously... David Beckham doing an announcement is going to get a lot more press. But um, if the girls were to see it and they were, you know, just running away and playing games, that, that you know, mm. would drive them home. Yeah, because, I mean, even then, even in the, when was 2002, um, it, that's still a time when, you know, maybe, okay, maybe they went out, maybe they stayed at a friend's house, you know. The, the, Definitely, there was yeah. nothing else in the, in the news or, you know, that we was, was public knowledge at the time where something like this. Yeah, maybe, but I think even as a kid, you always think, like, running away, it seems quite like magical and like you see like films about it well just like the idea of going like oh we're gonna go and do have an adventure or whatever Mm. so still when they're they're 10 year old girls so you know the imaginations could run wild that could go and do things so it still was you know wasn't crazy to think they just had got lost in the fence yeah and the fact they hadn't made them aware they were just nipping off to get sweets i guess leaves that to the imagination so yeah it's an interesting one so beckham launches uh launches the appeal um but it is unsuccessful so on August 7th, the leading officer says that the case is getting more and more likely looking like an abduction because the girls haven't come back after a certain amount of time. That's when it starts leading you to thinking that was the case. Yeah, that's an interesting one. So they've been gone at this point, what, three, three days, four days? Yeah. And that's when they decide, OK, something's happened. Yeah. It takes a few hours these, these days for, for that to be escalated to that point. So Saturday, August 10th, this is now almost a week after the girls first go missing. Um, Police uh, create a reconstruction in Soham of the girls' last known movements. Yes, and looking at the... um Looking at some documentaries before we covered this, I hope the reconstruction of the girls looked a little bit more like the... the, uh the actors, because um, yeah. there's a terrible one where the Ian Huntley and Maxine Carr look literally nothing like the people. They, they, they look like Play-Doh versions of, of the... We'll put that up, and no, no offence to the actors. Yeah, Jesus, no, no. 
So also during this time, the police told people to stop wearing Man United shirts because there's a lot of false sightings, which obviously takes up their time and looking into um, looking into them. I remember so, that. Lucky for us, Newcastle Villa, not an issue. And we're not girls. But there um, were, there were, just on that, because uh, Cambridgeshire, from what I recall being a 12-year-old at the time, it was either you're a Man United fan or you're a Liverpool fan. Maybe an Arsenal fan at a push. Ian Huntley was a Man United fan. There you go. So the case is receiving significant uh, media attention at this point. It's one of the UK's largest ever manhunts. Um, and interestingly, the person who claims to have last seen the girls comes forward. Now, he is local caretaker Ian Huntley. Um, he's actually the caretaker at the girls' college. So this would make sense to the police as the sports centre was quite close to the college and the CCTV, it all lined up. So, uh, I mean, here's what Huntley, Huntley had to say about that. Girl, I don't know the girls. Um, I was stood on the front doorstep grooming my dog down. She'd run away and come back a bit of a mess. And they just came across and asked how Miss Carr was. And she used to teach them at St Andrews. Um, I just said she weren't very good and she hadn't got the job. And they just says, please tell her that we're very sorry and uh, off the walks in the direction of the um, the library over there. So Friday, August 16th, police question a man and a woman while their house on the grounds of Soham Village College is searched. They are released after seven hours of questioning. So Saturday, August 17th, almost two weeks after the girls are missing, two bodies are found in RAF Lakenheath. The police find on the college grounds items of major importance and the couple, Maxine Carr and Ian Huntley, are arrested. So I think it's really important before we talk about what happened, let's, let's talk about the people behind the case, Tom, because two people have been arrested, very, uh, very different individuals. So on the surface, Huntley's childhood seemed relatively normal. His parents were very young when they had him, which indicates it probably was a shotgun wedding. And Ouch. he had a younger brother, Wayne, whose parents apparently loved a little bit more than lovely Ian. The younger brother? Mm-hmm. Not always the case. Often the firstborn is the favourite. I don't know. That's a thing. Okay, well... It was in my house. So um, so he's at school. Um, the, the, the main thing that seemed to come up was that he was a big asthma sufferer. Yeah, they made a big deal about that, which... I mean, even because he got bullied, and that's kind of the thing they indicate. He was bullied, and he had asthma. Mm, everyone asthma's fairly common. I had it. It's, it's not a thing that you bullied someone over. No, if someone's coughing, you help them. Uh, he was he was nicknamed Hammerhead, which I thought, which I can't figure out because Hammerhead, Hammerhead Huntley. Hammerhead to me makes me think like his eyes were quite far apart. So Ian's parents separated. Um, you know, young marriage, young kids. It's quite often happens. Mm. But soon after that, his mum actually went into a lesbian relationship, which then got him bullied in the schoolyard and calling him gay. Because, of course, if your mum was gay, you're gay. It runs in the family. Um, it's inherited. Exactly. Bizarre. And one thing I which I chuckled when I found out was one of the reasons why he was his bullying intensified was because he was the founder of Grimsby and Immingham chapter of the Bross Fan Club. Wow. Wow. Which I think... Is an amazing detail. Founding member, only member. And if you haven't seen the Bross documentary, I thoroughly recommend. You got to get on it. You got to. Can't play conkers in England. I can. I can live with it. It's continually bullied. I don't think the. I don't think the fan club uh, did Hammerhead Huntley too many favors no. there. I'll be honest. I'm all for people, uh, you know, having a passion. But uh, what are you looking at my shirt? Just for? Def Leppard, yeah. I haven't started a fan club. No, you don't know you know two songs by Def Leppard, so we can't really start a fan club. It's more than most. So yeah, so the bullying intensifies throughout his teenage years, and I think he really he, he starts to struggle at some point. Tom, he does, yeah. So that he had a suicide attempt when he was in college. He still managed to leave college with five A to C GCSEs. That's pretty good going. 
So we decided to go straight into employment rather than follow that up to university. Uh, one of my good friends at school's got uh, GCSEs that spelt, no, it was A-levels actually, four of them, but they spelt dude. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's terrible. It was bragging about it as well. <laughs> Obviously, he was bragging about it, but yeah. So he's uh, he's in Grimsby. He's gone straight into work. He's come out of a you know a working class family. Obviously, he's got his, his uh, uh, separated parents. Um, now, people start to see Ian in pubs, but this is where it gets a bit iffy yeah. a bit uncomfortable um he's in pubs with a lot of underage girls buying them drinks yeah so i mean i think this might be more of a village thing but there's always this weird guys in the older years that hang out with the younger girls yeah i yeah i remember but not as drastic as an 18 year old in a pub and getting them drunk so yeah. yeah i mean that's out there that's uh he's not trying to hide anything no um so yeah no he's he's plowing these young girls uh full of drink and um, and he's doing it in open, plain sight. He always gravitated to people who were very vulnerable and very easy to manipulate. Obviously, a young young age, it kind of goes hand in hand with that kind of predatory mindset. Maybe that's um, the first chance he had to be, you know, kind of have some sort of control over something. And, True. Uh, went for True. And I guess because he was bullied and he didn't really fit in. Mm. Girls uh, his own age weren't impressed by the, uh, the fan club. No. No. No, 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 no. So Huntley... Huntley's uh, under the impression that he's uh, turning his life around a little bit, getting out of that that well well of depression that he's in, and he uh, he marries eighteen year old Claire Evans, uh, and the marriage lasts but a few days. It does, which um, it was a very be- it was like a whirlwind romance, but it was a very abusive on Ian's part. And the person that came to save the day was actually the favourite brother, Wayne. Wayne, he swooped in and she moved in with him shortly afterwards. So he's lost his wife to his younger brother. Yeah, but mm-hmm. Ian being Ian, uh, he doesn't. He refuses to divorce her for five years. Five years? Was it five years? Yeah, five years, and the, the brother married her in, two, in year 2000. So um, it's just him being spiteful and, you know, keeping control, like, in, in abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to, you know, let her go, so to speak. I love, I love that the brother stuck around and waited to marry her. That's a patient... Uh... Brother. Not a great brother. I haven't looked too much into Wayne, so we don't know no. if he's a completely good guy, but who knows. Claire Evans said apparently he wasn't disappointed about um, them breaking up. It was more him losing control. A dark chapter for, for Huntley this five-year period. This is where he kind of spirals out of control. Obviously, his wife's left him. Um, he's back to old, you know, lonesome hammerhead Huntley. And uh, this is where he first uh, commits his first crime, gets his first taste of uh, of. of pushing that that level of control to a, a dangerous level. Yeah, he never was actually convicted for anything over this time. There's a lot of um, charges put against him. He was even taken to court a couple of times. The lack of evidence meant that it was all dropped. One of the reasons that the cases were dropped was because there was CCTV of him talking to a girl in the nightclub. And it, the case was he allegedly went on to rape her, but because he was talking to her, he couldn't possibly have raped her, which is mental. That's insane. Yeah, so he got he got basically got away. I didn't rape her. I was only talking to her. But it's that age-old thing, isn't it, where the people don't believe the, the woman. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, she was drunk, and all, it was very much the era of she was asking for it kind of thing. Well, that's it. Yeah, and um, I mean, a lot of the uh, charges that were raised against Huntley, the, the, the victims would then refuse to substantiate the evidence and pre- and you know come in and make a statement. Um, it was that kind of time, like you say. Um, yeah, and I think it's always like not being believed and there's the fear of 
you know, them uh, retaliating. And with Hamley being very violent and very physical, it'd be a very intimidating thing for someone to do. So Maxine Carr also grew up in Grimsby. She wasn't as academic as in Hunley. She had a very troubled time at school. She didn't leave with any qualifications, but she always had the desire to be a teacher. So although she wasn't as uh, as academic as uh, as Huntley, she did go through similar issues in her teenage years. So um, she went through bouts of depression. Um, she did self-harm a little bit. She also became uh, anorexic. Um, but as a result of her depression, also binge ate quite considerably yep. uh, but as a result of this she actually went from 10 stone uh plummeting all the way down to six stone yeah which is is an awful lot significant, yeah significant isn't it definitely yeah. worrying yeah so with that obviously suffering with mental health issues she's quite vulnerable um that's really ticking a box for what huntley tends mm. to look for i understand they met in a nightclub yes there's a vulnerable looking maxine car sat at the bar now did she have any nicknames at school like old hammerhead huntley not as far as I'm aware, mm, um, but going on the theme of ocean life, she had red hair. We like doing that. Um, alliteration, crabby car. Crabby? Crabby car, drinking a crabbies at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's good squishy. That's my thing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So Hammerhead Huntley circling the dance floor. He spots her at the bar, old crabby car. Um, and I guess it went something along these lines. He, he, he swam on over and uh, something like this kind of happened. So... Um, you're right, love. Yeah, I'm all right. What are you doing in a place like this? It's a nightclub, I'm dancing. Well, you're at the bar, love. I know, I'm at the bar. How old are you? I'm 18, I'm at the bar. Oh. Uh, uh, so, sorry. Uh, do, do you like bros? Do I like bros? I'm chairman at fan club. I probably love bros. Oh, do you want a drink, love? Champion. Cha- what would you like? No, it's done. Okay. So we imagine it went... Something almost identically like that. Well, it must have gone pretty well because four weeks later they were living together. So yeah, over the next couple of years, obviously they move in very quickly. Um, Neighbours in 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 the uh, in, in the street that Huntley's on um, witness multiple occasions where he's physically aggressive to Carr. Yeah, then one of the neighbours reported that she was quite good friends with Carr. Maxine was very sweet and lovable. He wouldn't allow Maxine to have people around the house when he's not there. 
And if, if she did, then she would be very on the bleach, making sure he wouldn't be able to tell anyone was around. So it was very odd and weird and unhealthy relationship from the start. I can imagine a hammerhead living with a crab. I can see that happening. So Huntley, would, throughout this time, would also he would also cheat on her quite a lot. And that causes Maxine to fall into a deeper depression, and she actually tries to commit suicide at one stage. This made Ian fall deeply in love with her because he felt like she would die for him. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Which is a very messed up mentality to think about it, but that doesn't really surprise you with Ian Huntley. Sticking on the fish vibe, uh, during that time, Maxine Carr actually worked in a fish processing company. And uh, mm. I haven't found this anywhere, but allegedly it was a fish finger packaging company. So I stick into the crab theme. So just fish... Fish-based... Products. Yeah, essentially. Um, we do a lot of fish stuff, don't we? There is a lot. So they would often relocate quite a lot um, to get away from the allegations and wherever Huntley went, trouble followed him. Wanted to have a fresh start, moved down south to East Angula, and they did that in early 2001. Mm. East Angula. Yeah. On the fish, yeah. Um, where he takes uh, a job behind the bar this time, the Hammerhead. So serving out drinks to all the patrons. Yeah, he would, on his dates off, he reconnected with his dad, who was based in Littleport, and his dad was a caretaker at the school there. So on his days off, he'd go there, hang out with his dad, help, doing, help him work, basically, and he fell in love with that job. Mm. And then a new job, a job role opened up at Soham, and he jumped at the chance to go for that. Two strange things about him going for the Soham job. One, when he applied for the role, he applied with the alias Ian Nixon. And that is believed that to prevent any checks, they didn't do any checks on his, on his character or any of his history whatsoever. So nothing came up. The person who worked there before him as the caretaker was sacked for inappropriate behaviour with a pupil. Wow. So Huntley then decides it's his turn to take the role. Yeah. So it's very, uh, yeah, it's very odd circumstances that he's gone there. They, I imagine they were quite desperate for uh, someone to jump in and yeah, start quite quickly. And, and obviously back then there weren't as extensive background checks performed. No. 
And the thing, thing is, because he wasn't ever convicted of any of the crimes, that's not gone on his record. So yeah, well, Exactly, yeah. So he's, he's, he's spent some time up north in Grimsby uh, doing all sorts of things that, again, there, there have been witnesses that have come out since to, to back this up. But again, at the time, there was not substantial enough yeah. evidence to convict him. No, so there's obviously a massive flaw in the system there. He started working there and shortly after, um, Maxine Carr got a job at the primary school, St. Andrews, as a learning support teacher. They've relocated, started a new life. Um, Huntley's got his dream role as a caretaker, just like his old man. And uh, less than a year later... Well, Maxine Carr has a role in something that she's always wanted to do. So, like, you would have thought... Life is looking good. Yeah, and as well, the thing about it is, is a caretaker house, you get... You get that, for, you're not paying rent. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not sure how good the wage would have been, but you're living in the house, rent-free, both mm-hmm. got a job. You could think this is the fresh start that they needed. Well, that's it. Yeah, they've left the life behind them in Grimsby. And uh, and less than a year later, obviously, uh, yeah, so things look very different. So let's get into it. Um, so obviously you've heard the timeline of the investigation and where it all went and, like, the horrible ending. Um, obviously we heard from Ian what apparently happened, but things started to emerge and a new timeline's been created of exactly what what had happened. Yeah. Um and this uh this makes the the Huntley interviews that he was so willingly giving um even more uh uncomfortable viewing. Uh, yes. based on what actually transpired. Yeah, I think he wanted to spin his own narrative. Um he enjoyed feeling like he was controlling the whole situation. Um this one isn't as detailed in regards to the times of all the things, because we will never know for sure, mm-hmm. but um, it's a clear order of, of what happened. Well, only one person will know for sure, and uh, and he's not very forthcoming. So the 4th of August, 2002, we know Holly and Jessica left the party, uh, didn't tell the parents, left. Um, Jessica had the mobile phone. CCTV lines it up. They did go get the suite, so on the way back, and they stop off at Five College Close. It was very close to the college, so that name is good name but nonetheless um they stopped there and obviously we heard ian's version of it no one knows what happened apart from ian huntley this is kind of a theory that everyone has it was essentially he said maxine carl was in the house um and the girls go see could go see her they were asking about her yep yeah. well that's again we don't know if you were if it was if they were um so the girls have gone in the house thinking they're gonna see maxine carl and they were they never left um the phone was turned off quickly after they left. The, they entered the building. We know they died from asphyxiation, um, but we don't really know more than that. All we know is they didn't. They didn't come back out of the building. So Huntley then drove the bodies of Holly and Jessica 17 miles to RAF Lakenheath, um, which coincidentally is where his grandmother lives. Yep. So he kind of tied that in with the alibi or with the idea that he could just say he was visiting his grandma. Yeah, it wouldn't lead to any suspicion. It's a journey that he would regularly do. Um, he also knew the um, the grounds of RAF Lakenheath quite well because he, he was very into plane spot and he'd been there multiple times before watching planes. So he knew the areas and where people don't go. So um, he was very calculated in where he could take them. He knew he couldn't leave them in Soham because they'd be found with all the people searching. Mm. Um, 17 miles, though. It's not... It feels far enough because you would you would start getting... And you do want to do an area... It's far enough, I not guess. Not trying to give you tips, but you would want to do an area you know yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't want to get lost. No. 
couple of bodies in the car, no. Um, when he went to dump the bodies, he had plastic um, bags on his feet, so not to leave any footprints. Um, so again, he had done it, he knew what to look out that's for. That's mental, that's mental. So he, he hadn't planned on killing the girls that day, it was just by chance that they walked down the street that, that, that he was grooming his dog down, but he's planned or had the quick thinking to, to, to take plastic bags. You kind of think if he's this kind of guy, he's got he's got that in his arsenal. He, he, knows, he knows kind of what he would do or he's learnt what he would do and also he what he did was he he knew that the Manchester United shirts would be very recognisable mm-hmm. so he cut off the clothing of the girls so that that wouldn't be something they'd recognise and he took, put them in a plastic bag and he drove back mm-hmm. back with that in the bag not aware of course that they'd been photographed in that literal outfit the very same yeah. day so Huntley then heads back to the school yep. um, again that return 17 mile journey um, puts the shirts in a bag and then places them in a bin within a shed on the school yeah so because it says shed everywhere and then we looked looked, we we found some images it's more like massive yeah like an outhouse like it's kind of like a warehouse yeah well, it looked like it could be a school hall the size of yeah, it. Yeah, true, yeah. It, it was, yeah, when you hear shed, it's not what you... Well, we'll put the image up. Look at the size of that thing. That's not a shed. He burnt the clothes within the bin, in the shed, and obviously, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that it's going to fill with black smoke. Once that started happening, he panicked because that looked slightly suspicious to be starting a fire. He put the fire out, he shut the bin, he locked the door, and he thought, I'll deal with that another day. <laughs> Which... Kind of lazy. It's just stupid. Hmm. Yeah, but then he has control of the grounds again. Control is kind of a theme for him. There's definitely some arrogance there, yeah, definitely. I yeah, mean, yeah, and that would, you know, possibly play a part in his eventual undoing. Um, and yeah, just to clarify, the clothes, obviously, in a short period of time, they were slightly burnt. They weren't, you could still see, you could still see Beckham on the back of one of the shirts, I'm pretty sure. It was very yeah. clear that what they were. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I mean, the photos of, of the, the discovered shirts when they eventually... yeah. You know, um, it's it's not not a nice image at all. Huntley decides to leave it for the next day. Doesn't doesn't attempt to, to burn them again. Um, but that's yeah, that's down to mainly because the police presence. He, I mean, I think the school was just adopted as the place for the police and the press to meet and conduct things. And Ian Ian was even there setting up the chairs for the for these conferences. He was so involved, and obviously knowing the police around, he couldn't find a good time to go in there and and finish the job essentially. And, and that's it exactly. So I mean, this is now we're, once he's once the event has happened, he's he's got rid of the bodies. Um, this is now day one of the mass manhunt. Yeah. Um, where you know he again chooses to put himself forward as the last person that saw them. Um, initially, didn't want to speak to any journalists, but thing is though, it does on paper it sounds stupid. But if someone saw you talking to the girls, let's say you're Ian Huntley, mm. someone saw you talking to the girls. That's someone walked past, you didn't see them. Mm. And then the girls go missing. You haven't said anything. Then they point you out. It's like you're covering your tracks a little bit. That's it. That's the bit that I can't get my head around, though. Um, yes, there's the idea that if someone saw me talking to them, but how the hell did no one see them go into the house? Like well, willingly? It's, it's a little village, isn't it? It's like... It's one of those, isn't it? It's like, you know, if you're not looking for it, you don't... For that to happen at daytime as well, like, you know... But then it's... Summer it, month, six o'clock. Hidden in plain sight, isn't it? I guess it's like... Because yeah. it people just assume it's a normal thing. It's not... If they didn't struggle the way in, and if they, like, they went in willingly to see Maxine Carr, in theory. Mm-hmm. So... Well, and that's it. And they say the best way to... The best way to tell a lie is to keep it as close to the truth as possible. And uh, for, for for large parts, although we'll we'll uncover this slightly, for large parts he did. He kept it as close to the truth as possible. A few tweaks here and there, um, 
but no, hidden in plain sight. He was very much in, you know, I think he took a bit of a, a thrill from being so involved. Definitely, yeah, 100%. And again, it was like, it's admiring his work, which is horrible, but it's admiring his work. Um, for anyone wondering where the phone went, um, he just, it was disposed and no one, the police, the police never found the phone. So um, it was just it was gone so Huntley cleaned his car the next day he's, he's, he's being very methodical about how to clean clear his tracks quite literally actually because he then goes on to get his tyres replaced um, and he goes as far as to pay £10 to the mechanic to put it under a different registration yeah. uh, number which again how if I'm assuming he's, he's gone to a local garage I, I, I don't know yeah, it's... The girls have gone missing. Oh, can you just? I'm just gonna need some new tyres. But uh, here's ten pounds. I mean, the tyres thing, you, you think you could play that off as anything? But yeah, it's, it's the. Uh, it, it, it's... I'd like it under a different registration yeah. number, please. Yeah, that's how you're not going to cause suspicion there. I, I have no idea. He then uh, called Maxine up, who was in Grimsby visiting her mum. Begged her to come home. Explained he spoke to the girls last. Said I'm going to be the prime suspect because all my past allegations I'm gonna be the prime suspect didn't reveal to her what happened but said I need you to come here and had to be my alibi and her being so madly in love with him obviously she well she jumped to the chance she believed him she came back sideways Grimsbeater crab walk down there Car fresh down from uh, from Grimsby, she's immediately uh, kind of questioned by the head of uh, inquiries to the Soham uh, situation, Chris Stevenson. Um, he had asked uh, through Maxine's experience with the girls at school, had they covered stranger danger with them, and if so, what would the girls do in a situation if a stranger pulled up and offered them sweets to get in a car? Sure, Maxine car before um, she could even get a word out. Huntley butts in, and this is creepy. This is really creepy. Uh, Huntley goes, Holly would probably get in and go quietly, whereas Jessica would probably put up more of a fight. Yeah. So, again, it's just, it's creepy, but it's just a weird detail. And he, and he doesn't know the girls at this point, so what is that investigator thinking? Yeah, no, it's very strange. And what was Maxine thinking? But Maxine Carr also, this, this is one thing that some people believe proves that Maxine Carr knew something when she was interviewed at, well, here, we'll show you the clip. This is something I'll probably keep for the rest of my life, I think. It's what Holly gave me on the last day of term. She was very upset, and that's the kind of girl she was. She was just lovely. Really lovely. But if you listen carefully, she used the past tense. That's the kind of girl she was. Which implies if the girls are here, no longer here. That could mean she just thought that they were abducted. She may have just been using it, but it can also mean a deeper thing there. And, and at that stage as well, the girls were only missing for a few days, and she's on about keeping that, that poem forever. Um, that's, I, don't, I don't think that's mm. as crazy. It's, it's the it's the was, isn't it? It's, yeah. Well, that's obviously the clear thing, but also it's just kind of weird. It's as if she knew, yeah, I'm going to keep this forever. So Huntley obviously was heavily involved in setting up the, the, the town meetings and, and involved in the manhunt as well. Um, but it's also alleged that he, asked, he went as far as to ask police, how long DNA lasts? Yeah, he, he was doing his research there. He, I mean... Those weren't the days of the internet. Very early internet, you couldn't just Google that kind of stuff. He found out some information from the police, and then because of that information, he drove back to the to where he dumped the bodies, and he set the bodies on fire. So this police officer or someone within law enforcement that he has asked openly about, you know, how long just how long does DNA last? Yeah, but they see the police. The police were absolutely hounded during this case how long it was taken there seemed to be no suspects but this whole time they were they had an idea that it was Huntley um, mm-hmm. things like his help they knew that obviously the girls went to the house um, the house stunk of bleach mm-hmm. it stunk, um, they knew 
he was doing so many interviews, like you said. Yeah, and um, they were bizarre interviews They were well. strange, but people from Grimsby who recognised him. Yes, yeah, of course. That's the bloke that... Yeah. Yeah. Alerted him to that he's, you can't trust him, because obviously he's a caretaker, he helps set up the meetings, they asked for the key for the shed, and he said he, he's lost the key, didn't have the key. Um, so it's of... massive. Yeah. Can we show it again? The size of that thing. It's a bit... It's I've a lost big, the key. It's not a shed. They were looking into him uh, they, they they have their suspicions about him yeah and even with um, certain means certain things they announced that it has to be someone in Soham yeah. we've got ideas who it is they try to put it on him make him paranoid make him make a Sweat mistake out a little bit yeah, yeah. so um, once they started getting all these, thing, all these things together um, they were building their case on him then yeah so I mean there's a lot of mistakes the police made in this case and previous to it but we'll get into that a little bit later but with all this evidence mounting and you know the kind of calls from Grimsby and all the other bits and pieces they took Maxine and Ian in for questioning Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which it depends who you speak to about this but Maxine Carr she came back and she defended a man because she thought that he was innocent Um, imagine that conversation yeah it's so it's they both were brought in both in, interviews separately um, and they were both released so nothing was said in those interviews they were put, brought to a hotel room which they shared which was bugged because mm-hmm. they were hoping they'd make a mistake but they didn't say anything but whilst they were obviously being questioned they searched the house there was no DNA anywhere but they found a certain key mm, and guess what that key opened up that massive f***ing shed massive f***ing shed and in that shed they found yes. half burnt clothes there was um, a couple of head hairs of Ian Huntley. Yes, yeah, and they also then, from analysing the shirts, found strands of of, of, uh, of shirt material in Huntley's house as well. Yes, so it, it by this stage, you know, it's all emerging. So obviously the bodies were discovered on the RAF Lake and Heath, and they discovered the hair of one of the girls nearby to the scene. So it was conclusive that they were Holly and Jessica's bodies. Yeah, and, uh, and just like the... Um, the Manchester United shirts in the shed, um, unfortunately, had also tried to, to burn the bodies as well, but unsuccessful, only partially uh, managed that. Um, and he'd actually returned to the site at a later point to try and burn them based on the, the DNA conversation he'd had. Um, but he wasn't successful in completely uh, getting rid of the evidence. So Ian starts trying to be clever here and pretends that he's he's crazy uh, he, and he's monitored for 50 days and they conclude that he's just acting and playing up um, obviously he's he's frightened of what's to come um, looking for a way out yeah uh, he's probably very, very aware of how much media coverage the whole thing had and how much well, he, the nation were concerned he was most of it the f- so obviously we're they're off to court now to see what happens I think the 12 year old me remembering this I, I, this is when it kind of I blank out I remember the manhunt I remember them being missing I remember them arresting Huntley I remember the footage of Maxine Carr's uh, cell thing being driven and then people throwing stuff I remember yeah, that they, there was oh, so they much, went for a van there was pure hatred which mm. obviously understandable for sure. but I remember that complete mm. that anger um, so going into this obviously uh, Ian Huntley's alibi is Maxine Carr um, she's claiming that she was with him the whole time. All of this happened. Um, that didn't really stand up. Um, no, no. Doesn't help when Maxine's gone to Grimsby and she's gone back out on a night out. Yeah, she was visiting her mum. Yeah, she was. She was there. She had been spotted by multiple people uh, out on the lash in Grimsby, um, 
and uh, that kind of shot through the alibi pretty quick. Yeah, so immediately there's Huntley's alibi gone. He was claiming that he was innocent, um, and the trial was going down that route, putting Holly and Jessica's family through all of it, rather than just saying, yes, I've been found out. Um, so they have to relive every moment through the courtrooms. Um, three weeks in, he, got, he, he I think he realises his back's up against the wall, mm-hmm. and he changes his plea. Didn't take long. Well, three weeks in, it's like you've gone. You've been saying I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, and then you go, okay, well, they did come into my house. <laughs> they did come into my house, but this is what happened. Yeah. So, never saying Ian Huntley's a clever guy because he's not, but he's quite a calculated guy throughout Definitely all of this. Calculated, yeah. Very manipulative, and he's because so, he must he must have told his lawyers this story before he said it. How the green green lighted this, I, I do not know. It's, it's bizarre. It's Yeah, it, it's absolutely mental. Um, the girls have gone to his house. Holly has a nosebleed. And he's, he, obviously he's such a caring and nice guy. He invites me in to try and, you know, help help her clear the nosebleed. Uh, go upstairs. Well, he's a caretaker after all. Exactly. The, um, the um, bath is already First run. First person you want on site <laughs> the, after the, a doctor. The bath is already run for the dog, I think, or something like that. So yeah. um, her nose is bleeding. Um she, he turns around and accidentally knocks her into the bath. She smacks her head. She's dead. Um, and then, obviously, Jessica is panicking, so she's screaming, and he doesn't want her to scream, so he covers her mouth to stop her did from panicking want, and screaming. Did you want to... But you still breathe I mean... I was, I was all right. So, and that killed her accidentally. So he, there's two accidental deaths, mm-hmm. just like that. Is he claiming that, that Holly drowned? It's, or that she banged her head on the fall down? How deep is his bar? It would be the most slapstick death. Lauren Hardy would be... Everyone would be saying, that's unlikely for Lauren Hardy to do that, let alone Holly and Jessica. Never put those in a sentence together. But it's just so far-fetched. Their lawyer's like, yeah, she in, that works. Um, so Maxine Carr was up on the stand. I think she was starting to be like, I think Ian is guilty. Yeah. What the f*** is this? Again, depends who you ask, depends how you feel. She was manipulated, abused by Ian Huntley herself. Whether or not she knew what was going on, she was put in a position where she maybe she feared for her own life as well. Um, she basically said, "If I knew, if I knew he'd done this, I wouldn't have come back. I wouldn't have supported him. Yeah, um, I thought he was innocent. I was trying to stand by my man." Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. It's an interesting one. I mean, to go back to the bath as well. So Holly Wells' brother, Oliver Wells, reportedly conducted secret experiments in his own bathroom to prove that Huntley's, and this is, I don't know how old the brother is at this time. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he's still a kid, but he's tried to come up with different ways to almost support, well, do, I assume disprove Huntley, first of all, but bless him. Um, he's going, well, I don't know what the experiment looked like. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a wacky, wacky. Um, and again, he's still in that bullshit excuse he's given killed them both yeah but he's he's claiming they're completely accidental yeah, yeah so i mean i think as well because obviously all other things tie into him the uh, the tire mark well the, the new tires the fake license plate the sand found in the chassis of his car which he didn't think about cleaning his car too much not a great caretaker maxine car in some ways she was a victim as well mm-hmm. some people think she knew anything about it and she's conniving Again, I, I, you never I'm, know. I'm, 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 I lean to that side, and I hate to judge a book by its cover, but if I see a photo of her, pop one up, she's not got a very sympathetic face. What does um, that mean? It means that I look at her and I don't have any sympathy for her. She looks... Yeah, you cause... know when you see, like, uh, Myra Hindley? That's a, like a... Yeah, because inter- it's people that you associate with the crime. No, Myra Hindley genuinely has a scary kind of fierce... Because you know she killed children. No, but just to look at as well... If a- you saw her, if she was your dinner lady and you grew up and she was really friendly to you, she gave you extra eyes pudding, you're not going to go, oh, she's really scary because you associate that with that. Mm. It's like going, Dracula's really scary. I want to see him on a dark night. I don't know. I just think Maxine Carr in particular just has one of those faces. And I'm sorry that you disagree. Um, I just think you're judging someone by their looks. No, I said I hate to judge a book by the cover. But you, but you are. But I'm going to. Yeah. Um, so one thing that people struggle with, with with these kind of cases are, what's the motive? What did Ian Huntley have to gain from um, killing two innocent children? So minutes prior to the girls turning up to the house... Ian had been on the phone to Maxine Carr. They had a big, roaring argument. He thought she was cheating, and they slammed the phone down, which led both to Maxine's mother and Maxine to actually thinking that he did this in a jealous rage because mm. he used to see red. And so that's where it kind of adds up that if the girls, as as Huntley said, asked about Maxine, it could... yeah, that's the last thing you want to say to him. So prior to the trial, a criminal psychologist said he was a latent predatory paedophile and he just merely saw an opportunity. He saw two kids coming to his door, no one was around, and he thought, I'm going to act on this. So um, it's either, well, either of them are just terrible to think. So um, I mean, that's a huge escalation as well. Yes, he's done some bloody horrible things. But he's got, away, he's got away with absolutely everything. So yeah. he, he thinks he's, he probably just thinks he's untouchable. Control is a big thing. Um, manipulation is a big thing. But yeah, yeah. He tried. He, he basically, yeah, tried to manipulate the whole of the country with, by being the puppet master with all the press. Mm. It, it, it's took, the took arrogance is unreal. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely unreal. So the jury for Ian Huntley took five days to deliberate, which I think is pretty long considering they've got him on DNA. They got they got him on DNA. They've found... he's, he said they've died in my house. Five days is very long. You're, a, you're right. It's yeah. a very long time. It's 
You I don't know if there's certain processes that are just kind of standard administrative. I think five elements. days in, it's long. I'm, I'm 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 clutching at straws. Even after five days, they, they went back and one person still on the jury. You thought he was innocent, which that's was, mental. Yeah, I mean, anyone that could believe that. He obviously got the guilty verdict for two murders. Mm. He's not able to apply for parole until 2042. And he is uh, he's currently 15 years into that sentence to today, so not even halfway through yet. But um, some uh, some audio emerged uh, a couple of years ago, uh, allegedly of Huntley, um, you know, expressing some remorse. Um, and he'd also mentioned in these these audios that um, that out of respect to the to the parents and to the families that he would never even apply for parole when he is eligible. Oh, that's big. I mean, well done. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cheers, Ian. Whereas Maxine Carr, slightly different story, slightly different outcome. She, she was cleared of assisting an offender, uh, but she was guilty of perverting the course of justice. So the jury obviously believed that she was also semi a victim, but obviously she was in the wrong for helping them Ian hide things. But she'd already spent 16 months on remand before the trial, and she got, she got jailed for three and a half years, but she only had served five months. That's... <laughs> No way. That's mental. Yeah. So um, five months since she was given a new identity. She was under police protection after that, which I asked. So I've got, I've got a copper, mate. And I asked him, what is um, a new identity? Like, what does that entail? Do, do you have, I thought maybe surgery, but he's like, I don't think it does. So to it's look like that breaking bad, there's a, a lot of money, a remote area. I imagine you've got your rent paid. Well, it costs the taxpayers millions. Oh, okay. And like, it must be like a new haircut. New identity and all. Um, it's alleged that where she has been rehoused. Now, there are a few different rumours going about. Um, first one is North Wales. Um, kind of remote um, country. <laughs> North Wales is kind of remote. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a big it's literally area. north of a country. But yeah, yeah go on. Um, the other one is, and this is slightly more vague, a seaside town in the UK. That's very vague, yeah. yeah. Now, the really interesting part is that um, she has been rehoused in the same British seaside town as Karen Matthews, who uh, obviously was kind of orchestrator of the, uh, the kidnap of Shannon Matthews, her daughter, and also, it makes my blood boil this name, Tracy Connolly, uh, the mother of uh, Baby P., who uh, unfortunately was tortured and subsequently killed. I don't think, or I think it would be very, very lazy of the police to put them all in the same place. I mean, there's like a, we can keep an eye on all of them in one go, but it just seems absurd to think that they would be doing that in the same place. Under whatever rights Carr has been given, um, they're not allowed to release any... Uh, it's like a gagging order, is it? It's essentially because her safety would be a big risk. It's cause She's considered, like, if people know where she is, people will look for her and look to do her harm. She's got a very distinct look. She's not got, you know... I think all of them have. I mean, yeah. They've been burned in the retinas of people in the whole of the country. People know what these people are like, so... Mm. Yeah, it's imagine living on that street though. If they are on the same, in the same seaside town, just on the on the just trying to sell your house, you go. Oh, who are the neighbours? Oh, neighbours don't really, don't really do much. There. Is that Shannon? Nice. Oh. Do you want to buy the house? No. Oh, it's called Butts Cottage. Oh, oh well, well, well. Love oh. the name, but we're not far. Oh, here it goes. So, as mentioned earlier on, the press. The public were all very critical of the police during this whole procedure. They also were critical mainly about how did someone like Ian Huntley, with such a checkered past, end up in a job at a school? Um, so there was an inquiry made literally the day after the sentencing. Um, the Bitchard 
inquiry. Bitchard, a great name to call someone if someone Richard you don't like. Bitchard is literally perfect. So it's named after Sir Michael Bitchard, who chaired the inquiry. So what this inquiry led to was people would have to register if they wanted to work with vulnerable people and with children. They'd have to register, so you'd be put on a list, essentially. A big part of this case fell down was there was terrible communication between different police forces and the um, the force looking after this own case. Obviously, in Huntley, so many accusations, uh, accusations of rape, um, sex, sex with a minor. If you were having those things clearly stated, it's like, okay, well, maybe they should look into him. If, if they shared it all in one database and it was accessible for everyone, this could have been looked at a lot quicker. So databases were a lot more streamlined between the police forces. Yeah, because, I mean, although they got, they got criticised, they got ridiculed for how long it took... Um, I think in the first the first week the, 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 the girls were missing, they initially received uh, 2,500 phone calls, some of them about Huntley, obviously, when they see him on the news. Um, they made 400 door-to-door interviews and they stopped 700 cars in the first week of trying to find the girls. They're all numbers, but it didn't get them really any results. It's, it's, um, it's taken them... I think it's... This what... is what annoys me, sorry. It's taken them two weeks to... Have another look at that big old shed. We don't know when they were asked for the key. So, okay, so he said he hasn't got but the key the f- and they've left it for another week. Again, you don't know when they asked for the key. I'm going easy on them, Tommy. I'm just saying that there's obviously... They wouldn't just go, oh, that's fine, then we'll leave it. But two weeks, that's the thing, two weeks. A In lot the of middle c- of a manhunt, giant shed. I know the shed, but I'm saying two two weeks... Put that to things like Madeleine McCann, which still, this long after, they're still looking into it. Two weeks, I just feel like that is not a crazy amount of time to be looking into it. The shed for me is the, and I'm going back to the shed again, um, it, they already have their suspicions about him. His, his girlfriend is talking to them, uh, talking about the girls in past tense. Um, I think it's very easy when you have all this in front of you, and you've listened to many a podcast, but I think if police force who are looking at a little village... And he was very convincing, you know. What yeah, I mean? but at the same time, you're doing a you're doing a, a massive manhunt. You've got all the all the, all the members of your village helping out, including the bloody caretaker. Um, oh, Ian, can we have a look in your shed? No, oh, I can't find the key. Um, okay, no, we'll leave that for another week. We'll come back again. You keep saying a week. You don't know when they asked for it because they they went in there as soon as as soon as he was locked away. They went in there. That's just it's ridiculous. That's a massive building that they're just ignoring. I don't think they're ignoring it. It just depends when they found out the thing. Mm. So who knows? Maybe people can let us know in the comments below. Because we're never going to agree on it. Clear this up for us, please. Along with the inquiry, um, head teachers and governors were learning how to interview and ensure that people they're hiring were right for the role and they could do enough checks on them to make sure there was no danger to the students. Social services were told that anything about underage sex should be taken straight to the police. The main thing to come out of the report is CRB checks, um, which stemmed from all of this chaos. So um, a lot of things have changed after that, and it completely changed how the police ran and operated. So if there's any shining light to come out of that, it's, it's purely purely the fact that this might um, stop any cases like this going going on yeah. in the future. A couple of years after the incident, they uh, demolished uh, Number 5 College Close, um, understandably so. Yeah, yeah. I always wonder, though, Ben, with this, a murder house, mm. does it... Go down in value. What are you asking? If so, for example, if someone was murdered in this house before you moved in, implausible. But okay, why be implausible? That stairway is mental. Mm. But anyway, 
There's always a bit of a vibe as well, isn't there? Um, but if someone was murdered in here beforehand, would the house be cheaper? I, and would you have to be alerted to it? Depends on the uh, the the murder. Yeah, yeah. It depends on the 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 attention it received. If it was the based on the notoriety of Huntley and the case and what happened, I would imagine there's some sick freaks out there. Which yeah, or turning it into some sort of um, shrine. Yeah, tourist attraction. I mean, I don't know. That's that's a loaded question. It's not loaded. It's it's fairly loaded. It's just a good question. Let let me know down below because there's a, there's a house in Royston where a murder went on. And it's a gorgeous house. And I always wonder, I'm like... So, the aftermath, Huntley is locked up. And not, no surprise, things don't go very well for the the bastard in prison. Yeah, somebody becomes public enemy number one. Well, he's already public enemy number one. But uh, someone has uh, some crosshairs painted on him. Do you want to run through some of the things that happened to Huntley in prison, please? <laughs> Happily. So on September 14th, 2005, Huntley was attacked by another inmate in Belmarsh Prison. Um, scolded him with boiling water. Um, which which was which was nice of him. Um, however, this did prevent Huntley from attending his sentencing hearing. Um, so that was one of them. So it's a way. That, it's a good way to make a name for yourself, isn't it? If you were the one that got Huntley, um, especially if you're if, especially if you're already serving a life sentence, whatever. It's like, oh. mm. yeah, it's like the guy that got Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, took another one with him as well that had also done some disgusting things. But uh, yeah, he's uh, nah, he's globally celebrated. Over the over the next few years, Huntley did uh, have a couple of attempts at taking his own life, including yep. overdosing on antidepressant pills. Um, he, he'd been found unconscious on his floor a couple of times as well, um, where, again, it was suspected overdoses. So again, I don't know how he's stockpiling these. Uh, I think he was doing it in tea bags, taking the pills and he was putting them in tea bags. So in 2008, he was relocated to Franklin Prison. And this is where probably the most famous uh, famous attack on Huntley took place by Damien Folks, um, and he uh, probably had the most uh, impact of all the attempts on him and he ended up slashing uh, Huntley's throat. Um, now Folks was a convicted armed robber um, he was 35 who was serving a life a life sentence at that point. Another kind of uh, f- interesting fact about Huntley is that he has a daughter um, and this came out um, as a bit of a surprise to the daughter uh, herself. Um, so back in the days when uh, Huntley was kind of uh, taking many younger girls, uh, 18-year-old Huntley was taking younger girls uh, to the pubs, um, he met Katie Bryan, who was uh, a good deal younger. I believe actually Huntley at the time was 22. She was 15, okay. which is, that's that's odd straight away. Um, anyway, ends up going for a few drinks with her. He worked with her mum, Um ends up uh, bringing her back to his house uh, a few weeks later. Um, he ends up almost barricading her in this house and keeping her kind of in the house with him. He gets he gets her pregnant, um, and then due to continuous uh, physical assaults on her, when he finds out that she's pregnant, she decides that both her and her unborn child want nothing to do with Huntley. It's only then, uh, a good amount of time later, when she, uh, Katie Bryan, uh, Huntley's ex sees him on TV that she she thinks, oh, oh my God, that's the guy, that that's the father of my child, um, who's adopted by another gentleman that she get, she's, she's with. Um, it's only when uh, Huntley's daughter is uh, at school and she's doing a uh, citizenship course where they ask her to look at certain crimes on, on the computer, she finds an article which has a photo of Huntley with her mum 
and you can only imagine her her reaction then. So she's then. Uh, it's, it's 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 interesting if you're a, a fan of the show Loose Women. Uh, she's on that. If you're not a fan of the show Loose Women, she's on that still. Um, but it's it's kind of an interesting insight into. I mean, she despises Huntley, which uh, which 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 was a relief. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's still a very interesting case. He, she tried to write him in prison, trying to get some sort of understanding as to why he did what he did and, and what happened. But even to his own daughter, he would—he just—he kind of took the moral high ground and said, "Me telling you wouldn't wouldn't fix anything. Wouldn't bring them back. Wouldn't make you feel good. Wouldn't make me feel." Well, good. he described it as the worst day of his life. He made it yeah. about him, yeah. which is just a sign of how much of a messed up bastard he is. So that is the case of Holly and Jessica and Ian Huntley. Um, yeah, cr- crazy, crazy case. Yeah, it was never going to be a, an easy one. No, there's a, there's a lot of detail in that, a very heavy case. Thanks for watching and thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back next week with a new case. Um, don't forget to give us a like and subscribe. Um, leave us a comment. Let us know uh, let, let us know what you thought. We also have exclusive content over on our Patreon, uh, so please feel free to, to pay that little visit. Um, you can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, the usual stuff. And let us know if there's any cases you're thinking, oh, that'd be good if they covered that. Mm-hmm. Any you know any questions, let us know. It's only just us two behind the, behind the screen. Two-man jobby. Yeah, um, thanks for watching and... Uh, We'll see you next time. Have a good one and uh, look after each other. Please do. We can't stress that enough. They were there. I wasn't going to. Don't touch it. No. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Toyota Thon is on, so stop in and get a great deal on an off-road ready RAV4 or spacious Highlander, both with available all-wheel drive. Find out more at buyatoyota.com. Hurry, Toyota Thon ends January 2nd. Toyota, let's go places. I Could Murder a Podcast is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. For hundreds of extra minisodes and other content, along with our private Discord server and live Q&As, exclusive merch and much more, consider subscribing to icmap.co.uk.